You are listening to the Zen Nova Scotia podcast with talks by Cone Franz. These talks are made possible in part by generous donations from our listeners. To find out how to support and take part in our community, visit zennovascotia.com. Yesterday, for no reason that I'm aware of, maybe it was the weather or maybe it was something I ate, I felt really good. I just felt good in a way that's hard to make sense of because it wasn't, it wasn't really accompanied by anything. I had this feeling that the image that came to mind sometime in the afternoon was I felt like I could see for miles. But there was no there was no idea that went with it. There was no sense of inspiration really. No no driving thing. It was just it was just that seeing And then this morning I woke up and I had a very different experience. I had a I woke up and there was a you know probably starting at night in a dream or something. There was a problem I was chewing on immediately. I it's like when you wake up with a song in your head. And after chewing on it for a little while while I was making lunches and things like that, I I hit on the, the answer. I found the solution to the problem. Not the solution, but the, the crux of it, you know. I hadn't been sure exactly what was causing this thing. I hadn't been able to articulate it to myself. And then I was. I, I found it, I thought. And I started kind of creating this monologue in my mind where I was explaining this to me and to whatever other beings in the universe might want to hear the explanation for what was wrong. And it was... It was very satisfying in a way because I, I had found the key that opened the door to the thing, <laughs> right? And, and then later in the day, I sat back and I, I thought about yesterday and I thought about this morning. And, and what I could see was that this morning... even though it, it seemed like the moment of clarity. <laughs> this morning was an experience of confusion. And yesterday, even though it seemed like it had no object, was much closer to a moment of clarity. I wanted to talk about that a little bit. There's a thing that we want because we're human. We want to find that key. Or, or if we can't find that key, we want we want something to hold. 
right? When you have a problem or you have a, a sense of, of inspiration or you have a knot that you're trying to untangle, it's like having a, a piece of hard candy in your mouth, right? You can kind of suck on it or you can chew on it or you can kind of just move it around. You hold it all the time, right? But, but it's also a problem for you. It's the problem of your mouth, right? Because no matter what you choose to do with it, you know that it's not you. It's something else. It's something that you're just, just juggling. <laughs> Eventually you have to spit it out or you have to chew it up or you have to swallow it. But that separation, that gap, is, is what makes it something you can play with. Right? That's interesting. I think we're hardwired to want that. We're hardwired to want that piece of candy in our mouth. It gives us something to do. When there's nothing there, especially if we're someone who, who is good at finding that thing. When there's nothing there, what we feel is the absence of it. It's supposed to be there, and so we, we find it. And this happens in Zazen all the time. You sit down, and you go through all the things that we talk about each time. You know, you kind of circle in, and you breathe, and you take a few breaths, and then you realize, hey, there's no candy in my mouth. Mm. But there's, some, there's something that tasted really good last time. What was that? What was that? What was that? What was that? Oh, it was a memory. There was a memory that was really, really good. I'll pop that back in. Right. This is a kind of suffering. Right? It's a contraction. We want it, and we're told to want it. And, and when we have it, we don't take it as suffering. We take it as, uh, in some cases, almost a kind of victory. Right? Because we're winning at something. Again, we're untangling a knot. Or, or we're holding something up and we're looking at it from all directions. There's an experience, I think, that I, I notice sometimes, but not frequently enough, which is that when I say I'm hungry for a particular thing, if I say, for example, that I'm hungry for Mexican food, that's kind of fun. It's fun to be hungry for the thing. You know, it's, it's fun to have this idea of, I'm going to go get that. I found this, I found out, I've decided what I need, and now I'm going to pursue it. But, but underneath that statement of, 
I'm hungry for Mexican food is a deeper reality, which is I'm not hungry. <laughs> right? Because as I'm seeking out the Mexican food, I'm walking past the Chinese place and the Thai place and the bakery. I'm walking past the grocery store. I'm going past all the foods to find the food that is this piece of candy in my mouth. It's the thing that's entertaining me. That's fun. I'm not going to say it's not fun. But it's very different from being hungry. When you're hungry, truly hungry, and I'm not talking about starvation, I'm talking about when you, you, know, you skipped a meal and your stomach is starting to move around a little bit. That's a very open state. So that if someone walks by you and they have a piece of bread and you smell the bread, it's like you're going to die, <laughs> right? You weren't seeking bread. You didn't have it in mind that that's the thing I need today. And then someone else walks by with soup and you smell the soup and you and you're totally seduced by soup, right? You're permeable. You're completely vulnerable to this thing because you're not leading with your mind. You've moved beyond that now into something that's an experience of the body. Something that goes beyond your idea of it. Now it's actual. And when it's actual, it doesn't have borders. It doesn't have parameters or rules so that you can only satisfy it this one way. Sometimes when I drive, I listen to the radio and, and it says a lot about my state of mind that sometimes when I drive, I'm just hitting the buttons the whole time because this song is terrible and this song isn't really what I want. And this song, I can't believe they're still playing that song. And so I have six buttons and I'll go one, two, three, four, five, six. And then I'll drive and then my finger will just start doing it again until I find the thing. I don't know what it, you know, it's radio is hard because you don't get to have a song in mind, but there's some little itch you're trying to scratch and I'll find the song that, that hits it. And then other days I'll turn on the radio and, and whatever song is playing, I'm just happy. Or some days I'll drive you know, way out to some store far away and realize, when I realize when I get there, I never turned the radio on. Because it didn't matter. There was no itch to scratch. All of this is a long way to say that there's a... that we want to have a clear view of clarity and confusion. Because sometimes they look like they're opposite. 
when there's no object, when there's no driving force, when there's no bullseye, no target, it can feel like confusion. Because what are we supposed to do right now? And when we have something, some precious thing to play with in our minds, especially when it feels like an answer to something, that's one of the narrowest settings of our minds. (laughs) Right? That's shutting everything out. It's eliminating all the other possibilities. And yet, because this thing is so sparkly, it feels like clarity. We can sit in this practice for the next 50 years looking for that mistaken clarity. Looking for an answer to come out of it. Chewing on it like it's a question. And avoiding the open space that doesn't know exactly what to do with itself. That's a perfect mistake. Every year or two, I'll have some some moment or something will shift and I'll think, oh, I never understood this practice until now. Now I get what this is. And aside from the concern that I've been wrong all, all along, it's a really good feeling. You know, think, oh, finally, I get it. And when I'm in that mindset, it's, it's, it's like I'm, the image that comes to mind, it's like I'm, I'm cooking a, a soup and I see all the ingredients, you know, I see all the vegetables, I see everything floating around in there. And then I see, oh, it was missing this, whatever that is, right? Or maybe there wasn't enough of this. And I just add that, or I double that, or I turn up the heat, whatever. I'm, I'm witnessing this, this thing with all of its parts, and I get, well, this is the part. This is the part. This is the key. And then I can be excited for a little while about this. And I want to make everything about that key. But the rest of the time, you know, I, I don't get to have that, that moment of inspiration. And the rest of the time, as I was driving over, I was thinking, how can I say this in a way that makes it sound as positive as it feels to me? The rest of the time, I feel like not the chef who's, who's adding this or that. I feel like the stuff that's burnt to the bottom of the pot. I can't really see it, you know, most of the time. 
I don't think I see this practice in its parts. I don't think I have a bird's eye view. And I certainly don't know what's supposed to go into it or what's supposed to be taken out. I just feel like I'm kind of part of the mush of it. (laughs) You know? I feel caked on. (laughs) But in that feeling, I feel like there's nothing to do. I'll, I'll finish with one image from my childhood that feels directly relevant to me. <laughs> Did you ever do this thing where you take a, a piece of notebook paper, like a fresh one, and you'd have it, and then you take another one, and you crumple it up, and then open it up, and when you open it up, it was, it's much smaller than the first, right? Because you can't get all the wrinkles out. So it looks, it looks like the paper shrank. And then if you, if you do it more, it can shrink a little bit more. And then if you keep doing that, the paper gets really soft, right? It gets, it gets a little bit fuzzy. And eventually you can't write on it without just tearing it apart because it's become something else. It's, it's become irreparable and permeable. It's, there's, it, there's no path back <laughs> to that perfect, shiny place. I think that's what we're doing. <laughs> and again, I think that's good. <laughs> but I'll stop there. For more information about Zen, our practice, and how you can support and take part in our community, please visit zennovascotia.com.